Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast brought to you by Duke's Mayonnaise. We have a loaded up episode for you guys today. A lot like Wednesday, uh, where we had a great guest from Wake Forest, Luke Masterson, and then we dove into Wake Forest. We have a fantastic guest, the best quarterback in the entire country, Kenny Pickett, our first ever two-time repeat current student-athlete KG. So it had to be Kenny Pickett, right? The, the first ever to do that. Uh, we're super excited to have him, and then we will break down Pittsburgh and everything that you need to know about that game from the Panthers' side. And then we're going to dive into a little bit of a numbers game, KG. We have a fun game at the end, kind of a this or that, if you will, uh, with, with who's going to win. Clearly our seaside grown pick of the week. Uh, and then we're going to go quarterback battle, wide receiver battle, running backs, coaching, all these different things. I cannot wait, KG, to dive into this. But first, KG, tell our listeners about our amazing partners at Duke's Mayo. Eric McLean, it would be my pleasure. First of all, I do think when with Kenny Pickett, the way he's played this year, I feel like his first couple of years at Pitt, he was Kenny Pickett. This year, I feel like he is a whole new, like, grown person. And I prefer to call him Kenneth Pickett the third because you I did just that think that's how he's when, playing. Way back when, in August, you yes. called him Kenneth, and now he's at his Kenneth final form. Pickett the third. This is his final form. This is the the end of the process. This is what he was always supposed to be. Okay, let's talk about our great friends over at Duke's Mayo. Eugenia Duke, who I wish I could have met, Mac. She was living in Greenville, South Carolina, where I live. We're basically the same person. And back in the day, she made sandwiches in her home kitchen to sell to army canteens during World War I. Her sandwiches and the mayo that she put on them that gave them their special flavor was so unforgettably delicious that years after they'd left the camp, soldiers wrote back to her, begging for her sandwich recipes and jars of her delectable spread. She began bottling it as a product on its own in 1923. Mac, tell us what happened since then. So guys, if you do the quick math there, it's been over 100 years, and Dukes has continued to cultivate and celebrate its commitment to family recipes and bold Southern flavors. They got that twang, y'all. In addition to the flagship mayonnaise, which is still made, according to Mrs. Dukes' original recipe in South Carolina, Dukes offers light, olive light, and flavored mayonnaise, tartar sauce, sandwich relish, and originally inspired Duke's Southern sauces and dressings. KG, we also have a little bit of word. We're not going to tell you what, but there's some new product mm. on the way. Cannot wait to introduce you guys to all of that. And this partnership, as we said, it's going to be so much fun. The different things that we're doing. Uh, KG, can, can people become a y'all star, if you will? <laughs> oh, they can. Being an all-star is so lame, but being a y'all star is where it's at. Go to dukesmayo.com, enter the Y'all Star Sweepstakes. You can only enter until December 13th, so go get that done. And you are entered to win a full VIP experience of the Duke's Mayo Bowl in Charlotte on December 30th. I can't wait to find out who's going to play in this game, Mac, because we're going to break it all down. And it's going to be an ACC versus SEC team. And uh, rumor has it there's going to be a lot of mayo at this game. It's just <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. That game is always a great time. So go to dukesmayo.com and enter the Y'all Star sweepstakes. There is no question about it. And as we said, just a lot of great things coming with this. We will deliver you guys all kinds of mayo messaging 
through the next two months. Cannot wait to get after it. All right, KG, let's get to our guest. Kenny Pickett is playing at an elite level right now. He has got national praise, accolades, named for every finalist you can think of award-wise, the Davey O'Brien National Quarterback Award, Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, Maxwell Award, Senior Class Award, and, of course, a semifinalist for the Walter Camp Award. Um, He was also just named first-team All-ACC, ACC Player of the Year. Uh, I think there are plenty more accolades coming for Kenny Pickett. Kenneth Pickett the third is the only quarterback in ACC history to throw for 4,000 passing yards and 40 passing touchdowns in the regular season. He also has four rushing scores, bumping his total to 44 touchdowns this season. He is piloting the country's fourth-ranked offensive unit in both scoring, 42.8 points per game, and total offense, over 512 yards per game. Get Kenny Pickett to New York City or we will riot. Let's talk to quarterback one. Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh legend. Welcome back to the Gramlich and McLean podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. So we spoke to you way back in week two of the season. And I've got a question. If I would have told you back then, you guys will be 10 and two, coastal champions headed to Charlotte for the ACC championship, what would you have told me? I would have asked who the two losses were. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you know, I wish we could go back and, and play those again, but, you know, it happens. But, yeah, like, I mean, it's been an unbelievable season. You know, grateful for for every game, everything that's happened. Um, but, you know, excited for this uh, championship game. How about this one? If I would have told you you're going to throw for over 4,000 yards, <laughs> 68% completion, and more touchdowns in one year than you've thrown in your entire career leading up to that, would you have believed me? I would have. I would have. I had high, high expectations for this season. You know, I think, you know, we've definitely exceeded a lot of expectations, but um, it's been, been a hell of a ride, you know, no doubt. Kenny, that was probably the best answer ever um, to Max's <laughs> first question. So kudos to you on that. You know, when you look at this team and especially some of the closer games you guys have had lately that you've been able to pull out, I think of the North Carolina game um, where you had the rain and all that. What overall has impressed you the most about your team this season and how can you take that into this Saturday? Yeah, I think uh, resiliency and, and dealing with adversity, not just this season, but in previous years, I think it's kind of all you know, accumulated, you know, and, and, you know, brought us together here for this this final run. So, you know, I think we're, we're ready for anything that's thrown at us in this, this championship game. Jordan Addison has, has been such just a, a weapon. I mean, freak of nature all year long. He's number one in the country with 17 touchdown receptions, number one in the power five uh, in receiving yards. What makes him so special? I mean, is it his work ethic? Is it just his big playability? What do you see from him that makes him so special? Yeah, I mean, a ton goes into being a great player. You know that. I don't think it's just like one or two things, but I think he has it all, which is what's really special. I mean, he's got the the physical ability, the speed, the route running. You know, he he can jump. He does it all. So, and then, you know, on top of it is his IQ and his want. He wants to be great, and he doesn't just talk about it. You see him working. You see him taking notes. He's asking me a lot of questions, and he's always where I need him to be. So, um, you know, unbelievable guy and a, and a great teammate. We all knew Jordan Addison was going to have a great year. Maybe not this year, but, you know, coming off finishing second for the ACC Rookie of the Year. Who else in your offense has impressed you, maybe surpassed what you thought they would do this year? I would say just kind of the unit. I think the offensive line has stepped up. You know, you know they've done an unbelievable job in not only pass protecting, but taking a lot of pride in the run game and kind of getting that going. And uh, the running backs also have stepped up with Vince and Izzy and, and Rodney. 
Um, you know, so those guys have taken a lot of ownership and pass protecting in the run game and taking that to the next level. KP, it's it's interesting you bring that up because I had heard some folks just, you know, throwing around your numbers and saying, you know, Kenny, he hasn't done this before. He hasn't done this or that. And I so I went back and listened to our preview episode, which was way back in August, and just wanted to see what, what were we saying about Pitt? And the biggest thing that I said was, Kenny's got to throw touchdowns, check that. And the run game for Pitt has to at least be able to help him. Is it play calling? Is it guys working harder? What do you, what do you assess your run game this year and how it's been such a weapon at times? Yeah, I think um, simplifying what we're doing and kind of just doing what we, what we do best and letting those guys, you know, lower their pads and go. And, um, you know, Coach Whip, you know, is such a great play caller. He just has a great feel for it. I'll kind of ask him. I just like to pick his brain on, like, why he called something in this certain situation. And, you know, he just always says, like, oh, I just saw something or he has a feeling. and he just kind of lets it go. So um, I think, you know, he sets us up great. And, you know, the O-line, the continuity, having a full spring, full summer, all that goes into it. Um, and I think, you know, Vince, Izzy, and Rod, you know, they just got better. I think we got better in the running back room. Those guys compete and they get after it. So I think, you know, credit goes all around. I know you've been watching a lot of film this week on Wake Forest. What have you seen from them defensively? What are some keys for your offense on Saturday night? Um, they get after the quarterback. You know, they, they get sacks. Um, you know, they cause some turnovers. So I got to get the ball out. We got to protect well. And they play a lot of man-to-man. So a lot of one-on-one opportunities, which we got to take advantage of. Um, you know, if we win our one-on-one battles, you know, I think, you know, we'll, we'll have a shot there at the end. KP, you were just announced the, the player of the year this week, offensive player of the year. What, what went into that, man? And, and I asked you that question earlier about, you know, the 4,000 yards and 10-2 and and Coastal Champs. But, I mean, you came back with goals in mind. Was this one of them? And, and just really, what do you attribute all the success you're having this year to? Yeah, I wouldn't say this was like one of the goals. I think, um, you know, all the, all the high expectations and goals I set for myself, I think a lot of things just kind of come with it um, naturally. But, I mean, I think a lot goes into it is I think people, the first question they ask is what did I do and what did I do to get so much better? This is like the ultimate, especially the position I play, is such an ultimate team sport. Um, it's it's accumulation of all the hard work in the offseason with the receivers. The offensive line improving so much in, in pass pro. And, you know, we're using our whole offense. We got Lucas at tight end. The backs are, you know, have a lot more reception than they've ever had in our offense. So, so much has gone into it that it's not just myself. I mean, did, did I improve? Absolutely. But, um, you know, the whole team around me improved. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of all the work that we put in. I know when we talked to you back in week two, you talked about how Peyton Manning, and it was actually Tennessee week, so it was very fitting, but how Peyton Manning had given you really good advice. He was part of why you came back. Have you spoken with Peyton since then? Have you guys had any sort of interaction? Because obviously his advice is paying off. Yeah, yeah, I have. I've talked to him. i talked to, you know, Archie as well. And, uh, you know, he'll send me some cut-ups. He has a breaking down film and kind of just helps me out, you know, with uh, continuing with the IQ of, you know, playing the quarterback position. So, um, you know, just being able to have him as a, as a resource, obviously, has meant a lot. It'll hopefully continue to mean a lot. When are you getting the invite to go on the Manning cast? I'm assuming that's coming soon. <laughs> I, I, someone's asked me that before. I mean, looking at that uh, that list of people on there, that's, a, that's an elite list. So uh, I think I got some work to do before I can get up there. <laughs> I love it, Kenny. Last one for you and, and really just looking in on this game. And, and, you know, do you think that there is any benefit, any edge for you guys having played in this game? I mean, you have been there, you have done that and had to kind of have this bonus week, if you will, for prep, for getting ready. Do you think that that'll play any kind of advantage going into this game? 
I think the advantage that it'll play is just that we're hungrier because we, you know, we were there and we lost. So I would, I would say that's probably, you know, we were there, we were so close, um, you know, and we ended up losing and, and not getting it done. So we've had that feeling before. We don't want to feel it again. Um, I love the attitude and the way guys are coming to practice this week. So I'm excited to see the kind of, uh, you know, performance we go out there with. All right, Mac Light. I have one more. We asked Luke Masterson this. Um, we had him on from Wake Forest. So I want to ask you the same question. What would it mean to you and just for Pittsburgh themselves to win their first ever ACC football championship? Yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, it, it's a legacy thing. It's something that you have set in stone here to be the first team to do it. Um, you know, at Pitt in the ACC with, you know, I think a lot, what, what I've really become uh, more appreciative for with having this kind of season is how a lot of people take pride in the fact that they played at Pitt and they support us and all the ex-players that are reaching out and coming to games. Um, I think that's that's all really special when you look at the the caliber of players we've had here. So um, I take a lot of pride in, in that and being, uh, being uh, you know, part of a team that, that's kind of bringing the, the pride back to Pittsburgh and uh, would love to, to have a championship to that. Well, good luck, brother. We're excited to be there. Can't wait to see you in person and uh, just watch a great game. Good luck Saturday night. Absolutely, guys. Thank you. Kenny Pickett, so great of him to join us. I know it's been reported and it's been put out there in uh, social media and stuff so we can talk about it, but he has been a little under the weather and we were trying to talk to him earlier in the week, but he truly just wasn't feeling great, but he's back at practice, so he's good to go. That's another thing that's going to be interesting. And I just, I hate that timing for him. And it's not COVID related, of course, but of course, you know, you're going to get sick at the most inopportune times. But we talked to him, this was on Wednesday and he looked good. He looked like he was feeling good. So I don't think it's really going to be a factor. Mac, my favorite line was at the very beginning when you said, Kenny, what would you have thought when we talked to you back in week two, if your team was 10 and two? and going to the ACC title game. And he looked right at Mac. He goes, I would have thought, what were the two losses? <laughs> I was done. That was so good. We could have just stopped the interview right then. I totally agree. I love the confidence, love the swagger. And I tell you what, I can guarantee you that the uh, the losses, if he would have not known, if he would have predicted, uh, he would not have said Western Michigan no. or Miami. So it's crazy the way the season went. Uh, and, and he's just playing out of his mind. It's been so fun to watch this young man grow into the quarterback that he is and uh, you know, ultimately leading his team to a championship. Now, can he deliver? That will be seen on Saturday night. And uh, as you said, Kenny looking good, sounding good. And uh, I have a great feeling the Panthers will be ready to roll. I agree. Now let's talk about that quarterback position because we spent a lot of time talking about Sam Hartman on Wednesday. We know that Pitt plays a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage, and Kenny even alluded to this. He said, look, the key is that our guys are going to have to win one-on-one -on -one matchups, and I've got to find them. I mean, is it that simple for this Pitt offense? Do you expect the Pitt offense to be able to do what they want to do, if you will, on Saturday? I think we're going to see the the next step of Kenny, and that's you know championship. Kenny, we talked about his final form and where he is, but you know, great players just seem to take it to another notch when the games matter a little bit more when the bright when the lights are a little brighter uh I, I think that they just i don't know they take their game to a different place and i think we're going to really see that just because this wake forest defense it, it's not that impressive now surely they take the ball away they, they do really good uh at, at ripping the ball out whether it's fumbles getting their hands on some interceptions and kenny and in this offense are going to have to pay attention to that but there's a lot of opportunity for big plays 
first touchdowns, and for this offense just to be super methodical walking up and down the field. So I do, KG. I I think that's exactly what we're going to see. Well, and one of the things and one of the reasons why Kenny Pickett's been so good, and he talked about this. He gave these guys a ton of credit. You got your run game, your O-line, and let's look at these pass catchers, okay? Because Jordan Addison, he's the best wide receiver in the ACC. I'm glad because for a while people were saying Josh Downs. Josh Downs is still great. I think Jordan Addison has separated himself. Now, I want to stop there, Mike, because you think he's the best wide receiver in the country? I do. I think when you see his skill set, when you see what he can do, the things that he can do, he's not you know some big 6'5", 220 freak show. Uh, he, he's just a normal guy, six foot, 175, 180, and uh, you know has all the tools that you want to see in a wide receiver, has great speed, the way he runs his routes, patience in his routes, which I think is a little bit of an undervalued trait, especially in today's game where – you know, things break down, quarterbacks are moving all over the place, and for a wide receiver to just slow down throughout the chaos and be there for his guy, we've seen that time and time again for Jordan Addison. So I think it would be criminal for him not to win the Bolitnikov when you see the numbers and, and just the consistency that he is putting up each and every game this season. So it, it's almost funny. He really reminds me a bunch of Devontae Smith from a year ago who won the freaking Heisman Trophy. So when you look at their body types, when you look at the things that they can both do, I see a lot of similarities in their games. Yeah, they both kind of look like they could be blown over by a strong gust of wind. But (laughs) it's funny because you say that Jordan Addison's a normal dude. His speed is not normal, I would say. That's right. (laughs) In his hands, he has great hands. Um, But yes, he's balling. And even with A.T. Perry... In this game, Jordan Addison is the best wide receiver in the game, for sure. And you're talking about him being the best in the country. And another guy that's emerged, and I, I kind of wanted to ask Kenny, but we didn't get to it. I want to know if Lucas Kroll is is still screaming and still punching walls <laughs> after the North Carolina game. But to have a tight end emerge like him, I think that's been another dimension for this offense, too. It really is. I mean, just another comfort level. You think of... of- you know, young quarterbacks, new quarterbacks, what's their security blanket? A tight end. When you think of really polished tight or quarterbacks that really understand the entire offense, what do you think about? Guys that can find the tight end, guys that can utilize the middle of the field, and when their burners are taking off, going you know down and getting out of the way, they can get it to the big tight end, get some big-time yards. So Lucas Kroll, big Gavin, who's a young freshman, that they've been very impressive from the tight end position. And then Jared Wayne kind of emerging, having the best year that he has of his four or five years here at Pitt, uh, just a, a really complete unit, pass-catching unit for Pittsburgh that that could have a, a massive day. And, and so excited to see those guys, what they can do. And can he just distribute? He, he does one of the best in the country, and, and really so does Sam Hartman, about getting so many guys involved. And so that's why I think this game could could really just be – a basketball game. I mean, back and forth, fast break, both teams spreading around, three-man weave up and down the field. I cannot wait to see it, KG, because it's going to be a lot of fun offensively. Three-man weave. Matt likes to throw in those basketball terms to remind people <laughs> that he knows a little something. A little something That's about A him. little something. A little something. Okay. We both agree Jordan Addison's the best wide receiver in this game. However, I would say Wake has the better unit wide receiver unit because you've you got two a thousand yard guys your wake with Perry and Jaquay Roberson and then also Morin. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Uh, I think from top to bottom, you know, Wake Forest, one of the best receiving cores in the country. And, and just when you look at what they can do and how they can do it, 
it's been impressive to see and, and you know have a couple of go-to guys, have a trio of go-to guys when you add in Marin and Roberson with A.T. Perry that, I don't know, you just can rely upon them and a, and a plethora of guys. When you only have one, like Jordan, now nobody's been able to do it, but when you only have one, it's certainly you can put more attention, you can put a safety over top, you can have somebody checking him at the line, and then, of course, someone behind him as well. It's going to be interesting to see you know Wake's defensive kind of mindset. Do they try to do that? Do they try to really just bottle up Addison, let anybody else beat us except for Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett? I, I think that would be a fascinating game plan to see, like a true double team almost each and every play because he, he's that special. He demands that much attention, Thir- or 1,300 yards, 17 touchdown receptions. I mean, he, he's Mr. Do-It-All. The next closest is six, and that's a, a tight end. So yeah. it, it's going to be fascinating to see what is Wake Forest plan defensively and how do they try to slow that duo down because no one has been able to. Well, and the other thing with Pitt, and and this is something that you and I talked about so much in our Pitt preview episode. I would encourage you guys, go back and listen to our Pitt preview. If you do not get enough coverage after this week, go listen to our Pitt preview episode and our Wake preview episode. Because we were both very high on Wake. Now, we didn't think this. I'm not pretending like we predicted this. <laughs> but I, we did say take the over because they are going to go over their win total, which I believe was like seven and a half. But the key for Pitt, and you talked about it, Matt, because you went there and, and you were able to go there in, in the um, during preseason camp and check them out, was the run game. They had to be more balanced. You have to, you have to give Kenny some sort of run game. I think that's been a huge reason why he's been able to take the next step this year. And Mac, I remember you saying, "Izzy Abanacanda looks great in fall camp," <laughs> and that's been the difference. Like Pittsburgh is not in the ACC title game this year without a Abanacanda and without a run game. I, I completely agree with you, and that that was just what we saw time and time again that. There, there was no run game. There, there was no support. There was nothing that those guys could do, you know, to, to get yardage on the ground. And, and, you know, really a lot of that was play calling. A lot of that was the positions that they put themselves in. Okay, it's finally third and one, fourth and one. What are we going to do? We're going to run the ball. Well, everyone else knows that as well, and we're going to crush you. And, and so just not being able to get themselves, you know, in a great position to succeed, this year it's completely different. Playbook wide open. We heard it from Kenny earlier in his interview that, you know, there's nothing that they can't call. The, the the playbook is absolutely wide open. Guys are running downhill using their strengths, which is big time Izzy Abanacanda's strength. The, the thing that, you know, has been so impressive about him is just how hard he does hit the hole. He's not bouncing around trying to find something. He's going, and then he'll find the hole later. And, and it's been fun to watch. So is he available to go? A little bit of a question mark against that. We did not see him play against Syracuse. I think coaches were just holding him out for this game and, and ultimately probably a, a great decision. But you've got Davis and Hammond Jr. back there as well that are both, you know, very viable options. And and you know, three guys that are, you know, over 450 yards, two guys over 500. It, it has been very impressive to see, you know, that run balance that Pitt has from a year ago where they had nothing to this uh, three really just capable, you know, running backs. And then the offensive line, you know, I think Kenny said it best that you know, those guys have improved so much and, and have just come together, figured it out, and, and really are, are one of the most complete lines in the conference. And so it's great to see those two things that you just you had to have happen for this offense to take the next step, and it has exploded. It's been so fun to watch. It's all come together for Pitt. There's no doubt about it. And then 
Okay, here's the here's the interesting part about this game, in my opinion. And you mentioned this, Mac. It Pitt does not have the D line that Clemson has, but it's kind of the next best thing, right? In the ACC, that can truly blow up the mesh point, move the line of scrimmage, destroy what Wake is trying to do, which is exactly what Clemson did from the jump in that game in Death Valley. How if I, I'm so Clemson held Wake to 27. And they kind of had a garbage touchdown at the end. I would say it was more, let's say, 20. Pitt can't do that, right? But can they hold him under 30? Like, that would be that would be impressive. Let me just say this, guys. Anytime I expect it to be an awesome, high-scoring, back-and-forth game, it's not. And so I don't want to, like, Something's jinx different. myself because I want to see that. I want to see high-scoring. I want to see both guys going after it. But normally when I kind of think that, it's a blowout, and the opposite happens. So we'll, we'll we'll see. I do think Pitt has the ability, KG, to blow up that mesh. But as you said, it's going to be very different than Clemson. It's, it's not just going to be a defensive line imposing their will. Now, they have some studs on that defensive line. Kalijah Cansey, who I think is one of the best D tackles, you know, really in, in, in the conference here. But he's different. He, he's like a silky, twitchy, you know, just get after it guy. Not really a... I'm going to take you backwards against your will every single play, but still a fantastic guy. So can they still do that? Can they still blow that mesh up, whether it's with Servasier Dennis, Cam Bright, uh, uh, Pine, Chase Pine, a plethora of these you know linebackers just blitzing and causing chaos? If you can, look out. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it might get weird quick because then you're putting all the pressure on Wake Forest. What did you learn from that game against Clemson? I've said that a billion times. I'm going to keep saying it through Saturday night until it's all said and done because that was a massive red flag for me is you have to learn what can we do offensively when that happens. We have to be different. So when you look at Pitt, second in the country in sacks, fourth in tackles for loss, fifth in run defense in the country, guys. So they are going to have a plan. They are going to attack Wake Forest and you know how can they do it? The one thing that I am interested in, KG, with this Pitt defense is Good and as aggressive as it is, if you miss, if you miss target, if you miss your blitz or get picked up, you can get killed on the back end. Especially with their man-to-man, yep. yep. Exactly. You're one-on-one. There's no help over the top. There's no help in the middle. Look out. You're going against a really good wide receiver core and a very veteran quarterback that I would assume can see that happening and, and can predict that happening. Because the best quarterbacks, the, the best basketball players, the best anything – can see things before they happen, not as they're happening, and can kind of you know just assume, okay, if I get the ball right here. And so it's going to be fascinating to watch this chess match uh, but between the Pitt defense and the Wake offense. By the way, Coach Clawson just named Coach of the Year. So really two masterminds on either side of the ball when you look at Coach Narduzzi, defensive mastermind, Coach Clawson, offensive mastermind. It's going to be a fascinating chess game all night. I can't wait to see it. I think it's going to be really interesting. My hunch is that kind of similar to the Clemson game, Wake is not going to run it as much. I think you've got to find a way to do a little, a few more quick hitters. Just get the ball out quick, right? Get it in your playmaker's hands because of what Pitt can do defensively. You still have to run it, though, because they abandoned the run against Clemson. You, you have to. And I'll tell you the one thing that will kind of be the Achilles heel or, or the nail in the coffin is maybe the better way to say it. If Wake gets in third and long 
Mm-hmm. It is going to be a long, long night because that's when Pitt just tees off. That's when Pitt can get into these crazy, exotic packages and just come after you. And, and so you have to just be aware of that. And a run game helps. You know, when you, when you can get some yardage on first down, get some yardage on second, and now it's third and short. Um, don't get in third and long, Wake. It'll be a yeah. long night. It'll be a long night. Oh, goodness. All right, KG, we have covered this game from every possible angle from both teams. It's now time to make some seaside-grown fresh picks. I did have this as fresh picks, singular, but we're going to add some stuff in this. But before we do, let's tell our listeners about our great partner. Mac, we know tailgating is an all-day event, okay? Especially for me. I've been very open and honest about this. <laughs> we have an 8 p.m. ACC championship game. So that means we need Seaside Grown to help us get ready for game day. Start your tailgate off right with Seaside's award-winning Bloody Mary mix. It's super simple. Just add your spirit of choice and all the other flavors are there. No adding this or that. Pour, shake, garnish, drink, and repeat all day. Also use it for your chili. Oh my God. Make some of that chili. It's perfect. They have the game day recipe on SeasideGrown.com. Perfect for um, a December game day. Seaside Grown comes from a rich 120-year history of family-owned sustainable farming in South Carolina's low country. Each and every jar of their Bloody Mary mix is packed with two pounds of the family's fresh-grown tomatoes, Mac. Come on, KG. Well, listen, guys, you can, you can clearly drink this award-winning Bloody Mary mix. It's fantastic. Get after it. Have a wonderful morning. Really, throughout the day, I think you, you can do that when it's nice and cold. It'll warm you up. But don't forget that you can cook with these great products as well. Listen, Thanksgiving, we all know Thursday you throw down. You get after it. You have a great turkey. Some psychos eat ham. It's very strange. But <laughs> You're a hater, I had Mac. To, You're a hater. That, that's right. I am. I am. But I, I had to get warmed up, KG. You know, I hadn't been cooking on the Traeger. It's at my parents' house. So I, I needed to remind myself that, you know, I could throw down on the Traeger. And so what did I do? I did peach bourbon and black water hot sauce wings it was amazing kg these things and you know what's funny is my family requested this it's not like oh yeah i just want to cook for the next three days they as soon as i got to sumter they're like all right what what are we uh what are we cooking like i know there's a turkey coming <laughs> but what are we cooking i said okay I'll, I'll throw some wings on here and it's just it's such a great flavor and it really the the barbecue sauce just glazes so nicely over those wings i promise you guys you have to try it the Blackwater hot sauce, guys, just get ready. It, it'll kick you. It'll get you. It, it's really good, but it's it has that heat coming with it. And KG, that's where it gets so fun for me because 19 of their true field-to-glass seaside products are made from the fresh produce they grow locally or are from other American farmers that they partner with. Those products are then bottled in Seaside's very own commercial packing facility. And by doing this, they provide us with unprecedented traceability for all consumers knowing exactly where the food is grown and then exactly where they are bottled. Guys, go to seasidegrown.com, browse their amazing products, and when you load up your cart and you're ready to check out, use our code ACC15 to save 15% on your entire order. Yum. Max expertise is not included in that order, but if you follow him on social media, you can you can at least learn. <laughs> then it's some it's free. Then it's free on social. Then media. it's free. It's free. All right, Mac. Let's talk about this game. We're gonna pick the game, and we're also gonna pick kind of some prop picks here. Who's gonna lead this game in passing yards? Who's gonna lead this game in receiving yards, rushing yards, and who's gonna win the turnover margin? So we're gonna get to that, 
after we make our pick. Wake Forest against Pittsburgh. Pitt is a three-point favorite. The total is at 72 and a half. This is an 8 o'clock a game on ABC. Mac, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Uh, I'll go first here. Okay. I'll go first. Tell us what's going to happen. Because I don't, I don't want people saying that I'm cheating, taking your, uh, taking right, your picks right, here. Right, right, um, you, you know, when you work with an expert like you, I've got to get in my, my numbers <laughs> when I can here. I, I am very confident in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, I'm giving the, the nod to the best quarterback in the country. I love the success story of Wake Forest. I love what we've seen from them all year. Um, really had the confidence of their quarterback, Sam Hartman, saying at media day, if we do not win nine or ten games, it's a disappointment. And he did it. And, and so you have to respect that. You have to love that. But I just can't get that Clemson game out of my head. And I just can't get the fact that Pittsburgh has the best shot of any defense they've played to replicate that. And so with that in mind, I'm going Pitt. I'm going Pitt with the the numbers. And I think the over. I do think that this game can turn into that track meet, as guys I've said, time and time again. But ultimately, I think it's the Pitt defense that will get a big enough stop uh, and, and really prevail in this game. Oh, our, our sweet Wake friends, man. We, we love you guys. We love Wake. I love this story. I want to pick Wake. I want to, I want to pick kind of the off-the-beaten-path pick, mainly because it's the ACC, and you never know. <laughs> a three-point spread is nothing, okay? No. So Wake could very well win this game. It's not like this is an absolute slam dunk. But to your point, Mac, the Clemson game, that's tough to get out of my head, and then the other part, Wake's defense. I just don't think they can hold up enough against Kenneth Pickett III and all of his weapons, plus um, the running game and the O-line that Pitt has. So I'm taking Pittsburgh, and I think Pitt minus three is the way to go. Something tells me this is going to be more of a touchdown game than a field goal game. And I just – I feel bad because the Wake fans have been riding with us, Mac, and we love you guys, and you guys have supported your team, and Wake's had an amazing year. I think Pitt's going to win. <sighs> Man. <laughs> a couple of Panthers. Come on, KG. There's Panthers. nothing wrong with that. It's. I All tell right, you what, though. I think that this is going to be the closest game that we've had in such a long time. So oh, yeah. I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to watch it. Saturday night, it, it's going to be so much fun. It is. Okay, let's talk about some of these prop bets before we get out of here. Um, passing yards, receiving yards, rushing yards, turnover margin. Who do you think, and we'll put all this on Twitter, by the way, at Telegram, like at Eric Macklin. Who do you think is going to lead this game in passing yards when it's all said and done? Yeah, I've got to go with Kenny. I just think he's the best quarterback in the country. I've said it a billion times. He's averaging right about 360 a game. His high is 519 this year. Um, So I've got to go with Kenny, and I think he's going to ball out enough and go over his average. He's going to go over 357 and just you know really remind people that last Heisman push I think he's. I think that's on the top of his mind. I really do. I think that that's something that you know it, it's important. I mean, we all grow up. Everybody grows up who plays football. You want to be a Heisman Trophy winner. It's just whether you're an offensive lineman, a cornerback, a quarterback, whatever you were. Everybody grows up wanting to do that. I think that's on the front of his mind, and I think he knows what he has to do. Not from a pressure standpoint, but just from a, I have to go ball, and my team needs me, and this is what I'm going to do. I hear you. I think Sam Hartman is going to lead this game in passing yards. And Mac, I actually think it's not going to be that high scoring. I think we're going to see 
I think don't say that. Pitt, Take it back. I think right Pitt now. ends up in the 30s and Wake ends up in the high 20s, something like that. Because I guess I'm going to be sleeping all well, game. It's going to be so I think boring. Pitt might try to slow the pace down a little bit, have, put together some long drives, keep the ball out of Wake's hands. But when you look at that Clemson game, especially late, Hartman still, I mean, he had over 300 passing yards in that game. So because I'm not sure Wake's going to be able to run it, I think Hartman's going to throw the ball a lot. So I think Sam Hartman's going to lead this game in passing yards. Uh, listen, I'm with you. I think he well goes over 300. I just think Kenny goes over 360. I, I mean, it's just, but that goes into my game. I think it's going to be right, fast, right. high scoring, all that. So I, I understand. Okay, I understand. well, speaking of receiving yards, who's going to lead this game in receiving yards? I'll go ahead and give you my Mac. I have A.T. Perry um, because A.T. Perry is a, is a beast. And again, I think that Wake is not going to be able to run it. So I think in the end, A.T. Perry is going to be the leading receiver. Again, some of this might come late when Wake's trying to really mount a comeback. That's kind of how I see this game going. But overall, because I think, you know, Pitt is going to rely on their balance. And Addison's still going to have a great day. But give me A.T. Perry. That dude's going to – he's going to have a monster day. You know, I, I if I didn't think Kenny was going for 360-plus, I would say A.T. Perry as well. But I feel like I have to say Jordan Addison just because of who I picked a quarterback. But with that – it's just, it's the only guy that they have. Not really, but kind of yeah. when you look statistically. And so does Wake truly try to double team and take him away? If they can, I think they can win the football game. But I just, we we haven't seen it. And I don't think this secondary is the one that can. So with that in mind, Jordan Addison, I think he's going to have another career day, probably 150 plus, you know, two or three touchdowns. All right. What about rushing yards? We've got quite a few options mm. here. Christian Beal Smith, Justin Ellison, Abana Kanda. Who do you think is going to lead this game in rushing yards, Mac? You know what? This is so interesting because I put other here and I really wanted to go other. I wanted to go with, you know, one of the quarterbacks and just think that they have to ah. do it all for their team. And we've seen Sam do it this year. We've seen Kenny do it this year. But with that in mind, I think that uh Abana Kanda is going to be the guy. I think that he's rested. I think that he you know, really wants to to do the most for his team. I feel bad. I'm going three straight pick guys here, but that's the reason I'm Homer. picking them. Um, that's right. Yeah, big time, big time Panther Homer here. Uh, but I, I'm going with with Big Izzy. I'm going with Izzy as well. And again, that goes into my, what I think this game's going to look like. I think Pitt's going to look more balanced. I think they're going to put together some longer drives and be able to control the clock and just control the game, control how the game is played. But look, if I feel I wouldn't be shocked if, if someone from Wake is able to do that, or maybe someone else from Pitt because Abandon has been beat up a little bit. What about turnover margin? We know Wake is plus eleven in the turnover margin. They've been so good all year. Pitt's been solid. They're plus three. I put this in here because I think this is a game. This is a part of the game where Wake can can make a huge difference. This one's tough, guys. It really is because. What I'm visioning in my head is Servasier Dennis sitting right in the hole, waiting for that RPO and picking it off. I, I just see that time and time again happening against this pit defense. But when I look historically and I look at the mm-hmm. data, it's not as likely. Wake Forest to get a turnover, way more likely. And and so I, I'm leaning Wake Forest. I don't think there's going to be a lot of turnovers. I think it might be like one to zero. And Wake winning that. I think they find a way to get the ball out. Uh, maybe it's early, big momentum play. Uh, ultimately, doesn't doesn't do much in the game. But I, I am going Wake Forest here just because it's what they do. It's what they do. I cheated on this one. I think the turnover margin will be even. 
<laughs> oh, okay. I zero, zero? Gonna, probably not zero, zero. I think it's going to be more like one to one. I don't think it's going to be yeah. a huge difference maker in this game. And I stand by this, that Wake needs to win the turnover margin to win the game. Even if it's just two to one, if they can get a big pick in, in a certain situation. And, you know, Kenny is not perfect. He has thrown some picks. He threw a big pick against Miami. He threw um, at least one, I'm trying to think back, in the North Carolina game. So it's a possibility. And this is what Wake does to turn the ball over. But I, I do think it's going to end up being even in the turnover margin. You love to see it. Well, guys, this game, at the end of the day, it's going to be fantastic. Cannot wait to be there live. The huddle will be there. We'll be giving you guys coverage pregame and postgame, just really diving into this entire matchup and can't wait to see it. We've covered this from every angle. Go back, listen to our Wednesday episode, listen to this episode, and you'll know everything you need to about this ACC championship. Guys, that's it. Thanks for listening. What a great week. It's exciting to look at. We will be in postseason, KG, bowl season next week, and it's going to be a fun month of December. So many ACC teams playing all across the bowl season. But that's it. Another great episode of Gramlick and McLean brought to you guys by our friends over at Duke's Mayo. If you haven't already, go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating, or write us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you. 